Welcome to the 19th episode of the Professional On The Go podcast. I'm your co-host, Barry Moltz. Professional On The Go is a show that will give you the inspiration, the tips and tools, and how to win and live your best life as an independent professional. My co-host is Chinwe Onogoro, who's the CEO of Pocket Suite, which is an office in your pocket for independent service professionals. It's the mobile business management app that helps self-employed professionals get booked, paid, and make extra income to run their own business from the palm of their hand. Chinwe, I'm very excited to talk about this topic, which is freelancers. Barry, I didn't choose the freelance life. The freelance life chose me. <laughs> I always say, if I could have a real job, I would. <laughs> but you hear everybody now, uh, th this idea, the whole definition of work really has changed because with all the different opportunities out there, it's a lot easier to have your own business and be a freelancer these days, isn't it? It really is. One in three people now, one in three people are freelancers in the U.S. That's 57 wow. million folks. It's crazy. Wow. So how did we get here? Because it seemed not so long ago that you would go to work, you'd work there for 50 years, they'd give you a gold pocket watch and you'd retire. Yeah, you know, I honestly think it's a couple of things. First of all, I think we're returning to where we used to be as a society and as an economy. Uh, the founder of Angelus, Naval Ravikant, was being interviewed by Joe Rogan. And he said something really profound. He said, our ancestors who were hunter-gatherers were the original freelancers. They worked for themselves, they worked anywhere they wanted, and they ate what they killed. That's essentially what a freelancer is. You know, that's really interesting because if you think about also the agricultural economy, where people had their own farms, they grew the food that they needed to eat, they sold some of it. But then when we came into the industrial economy, you really started to work with other people because it took so much more capital to get started. That's right. I think when we started trying to sort of accumulate and store a lot of the things that we produced above and beyond what our families needed, that's when you start to corporatize your you know, economy. And that's when you really need larger structures where people are working for you versus just the, the family unit. What is your point of view as whether this is a good trend or a bad trend for people? Because a lot of folks are forced into being freelancers and it's not necessarily the best lifestyle for them or they have no idea what the lifestyle is really about. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think the freelance life is for everyone, but I do think having the freedom to choose the freelance life is a really powerful thing. I think a lot of folks want to work anywhere they want to work with anyone and at any time and they want flexibility and freedom and i think the freelance life gives that to them i really think that a lot of this started when ebay came about where you could put your stuff on ebay and you could create create a little business for yourself and then of course fiverr came along and upwork and um uh different things like uber and lyft so it's really changed but i think ebay was really the start of it you know, it's funny. I would go back even further. I would say over the last 30 years, the thing that's made this possible is just technology, this sort of infrastructure, technology infrastructure that's made it possible to build platforms like Uber and Shopify. So everything from smartphones, wireless networking, search engines, these are all tools that make it possible for anyone to easily and affordably communicate, connect, create, and collaborate with anyone from anywhere. I think it's that's a really, really good, what's yeah. kind of uncovering this revolution. I think it's a really good point because once you could just, when you could connect to another person, no matter where they were from your smartphone or your computer, that really changed everything. There weren't big corporations in the way. There were these marketplaces. 
Absolutely. It turned us from, you know, hunting and gathering locally to being able to do it on a global scale. So do you think, again, I want to go back to the question, is this a good thing for people or are people just working harder and longer hours and not making as much? Like anything, Barry, I think it depends, right? I think if you go into freelancing and you treat it as you would a job, right? You're, you're setting your prices, you're doing services that align with your skills, you're getting the training, you're working hard to find clients, you can turn it into a great job, you can take vacations, you can feed your family and, and you can live a great life. If you treat it as a sort of an afterthought and you do it simply as kind of a, a, a gigster might, you're not gonna necessarily be able to make ends meet and you won't be able to do it full time. It'll feel harder than it needs to. I love the way you phrase that because I really think it's the same thing when some folks go out and buy a franchise. They think just because they bought this franchise, now people will come. They actually don't have to find business or operate the company. It's the biggest fallacy. If you build it, if you buy it, they will come. You know, you still have to do the work. So how do you learn about how to be a freelancer? Where's their freelancer training? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's it's that broad, right? I don't think someone wakes up and says, I wanna be a freelancer. I think someone wakes up and says, I wanna be an esthetician. I wanna be a lash tech. I wanna be a dog trainer. And you really zero in on a particular industry. You get trained for the, the skills that you need in that industry. Um, and then you learn the broader kind of business management stuff that you need along the way. And so what do corporations, big corporations think of this? Do you think that they're losing uh, good team members who, who go out and become freelancers? It's funny, there are two things I think happening on the corporate front. And I think corporate America definitely uh, has some things to be worried about. Number one, there are, there are these really exciting cor new corporate models that are being created that are essentially, they have freelancers at the center of their business model. So think about Uber, think about Lyft, right? All of their drivers are contractors who work for themselves and choose to drive when and where they want. That's essentially a freelancer. Airbnb, you have the largest hospitality company in the history of the world and their supply chain is made up of homeowners who choose to rent out their property when and how they want. So these new types of big corporations are forming and they're actually facilitating the growth of the freelancing economy. So that's kind of one of the trends that's really exciting. The second trend that's also interesting is that large corporations are forced to respond, right? If, if there's a choice between keeping my top talent or losing them to Freelanceville, uh, I wanna keep them as a large corporate executive, right? So they're redesigning their workplace, they're thinking about their organizational culture, they're trying to make it feel more free and flexible, more fun and fair. And they're creating things like remote work opportunities for their employees to work from home. They're letting new moms and dads have longer time off, like with parental leave with their kids. They're celebrating more, they're compensating people more, and they're giving managers better training so that people actually want to work for their leaders. So these are all things that are changes that I think are being driven in part because of the groundswell of interest in people just wanting more freedom and working for themselves. It's interesting because if there wasn't a comp enough competition for a corporation that you owned, now every freelancer could be your competition. That is exactly right, Barry. And that's a really, really great place to be as a consumer. Absolutely. What I worry about is that the changing nature of work, and I still think that there are so many things in our society that are still geared towards people working for a corporation, like medical insurance is still, by and large part, tied to 
your job or retirement. Sometimes these things are tied to your job. And I wonder, Chinway, how is society going to adjust and change since we have 30% of the people being freelancers and they don't have medical insurance tied to their job or a retirement plan? You know, it's interesting. I think there are a lot of folks really thinking about and focused on this topic of how do we ensure that whatever those friction points are that are restricting people from living the freelance life, that those friction points are addressed. So we're going to talk to someone later on today who is the head of the freelancers union, and they actually have a huge platform for addressing the insurance issues that freelancers face. And so that is no longer a big issue. I know that MasterCard is working really hard in thinking about what are some of the other benefits that freelancers need to have in terms of retirement and 401k and so forth to ensure that they don't feel the opportunity cost of living the freelance life versus working for a corporation in the context of, you know, saving for the future. I love how you're framing this because although work is changing, now there's an opportunity for other people to come into mix and offer services as a result of it. You're absolutely right. It's just about aggregating that demand. Like corporations are just a great, uh, great platform to aggregate the demand for a lot of different people. So other organizations are forming to really aggregate freelancers demand for those same kinds of services outside of the corporate structure. So if you find yourself here as a freelancer, what are some essential tools that you have to have to make sure that you can be profitable and make money doing this? Yeah, I'm going to, sh- there are sort of, again, a, a goo-gab of tools out there. I'm just going to talk about three types of tools that every freelancer should have available to them and should be using actively to build and grow their business. The first is online marketing. Freelancers typically have to have an online presence to market themselves. A website is standard, but some, depending on your profession, if you're in beauty or if you're in photography, you might have a photo gallery. Uh, social media is critical. So Facebook and Instagram, having a page, having a profile post to it regularly. These are all ways to market yourself. There are so many more ways, but you got to have something in the, in the realm of marketing as a tool, as a freelancer. Uh, the second is online payments. So you have to have a way to bill your clients and collect payments. Typically folks will have a PayPal link on their site or they'll use Square or Cash App or Pocket Suite to invoice, charge, or collect payments from their clients. This is critical. Again, you gotta have a way to get paid. Otherwise the rest of it doesn't work. And then lastly, I would say a smartphone. Uh, You know, more and more folks are moving to mobile in order to communicate with their clients. They're communicating via SMS, via WhatsApp, via email, via Facebook Messenger. Uh, So they're, using their mobile tool in the same way that folks, you know, in the 90s and before would use a desktop tool to to run their business. One of the things, Chinway, that I would add is there's got to be some kind of financial scoring tool you use so you can figure out how you're doing. I just got a new client who runs a landscaping business and and he said to me, I really want to know how I'm doing. I think I'm doing better. And I go, how do you know you're doing better? He goes, my bank account is getting bigger. I go, that's a good thing. But But he really has no idea what his sales are like or what his costs of service are, things like that. There's got to be some tool that helps you keep score. What do you recommend? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the old school way is to look at your bank balance and, you know, no, uh, no harm in that. But ultimately, I think, you know, you should be using a payment tool that actually gives you some reporting because that payment tool is, is really the final kind of word on how much money you're owed and how much money you're collecting. And so it's a great place to really have your data and your reporting about how you're doing it in terms of the performance of your business. You can also have an accounting tool as you get larger. 
that will help you with filing taxes and that will help you kind of with or really your detailed line items, really understanding where your money is going as you're, as you're building the business. So Chinway, in your experience, so most freelancers start with these core tools or they just start to use them when they find themselves there and it's a mess and they realize now they gotta do something different. I think it's, you know, it really comes down to your personality. I, we see a lot of people doing research a year, two years in advance of actually ever having a client and really trying to get everything set up and everything together. And, and that's fine. I think it just gives them comfort and a sense of security around the move they're about to make, which is fine, but they have to stay flexible because things may actually work very differently than what you, how you planned it to work. So don't, don't get yourself locked into any long-term contracts and, and so forth. Make sure that you, you do a bit of planning but then stay flexible as you start to build the business and start to work with clients. Other folks are just in time. They're focusing on getting that first client, working with that client, having a problem that needs solving, and then finding a solution that helps them solve that problem. That's fine too. Yeah, I've always been one of those that you need to have a balance. I don't wanna build this huge house and not have everybody to live in it, but at the same time, you just don't wanna go out there and sleep on the ground. Right. <laughs> so it's got to be a combination. Well, let's take a break here. Our special guest today is Caitlin Pierce, who's the executive director of the Freelancers Union. Be right back. As an independent business owner, freelancer, you and your team work in a lot of different places. This could be in the office, at home, or on site with clients. No matter where you are, you need your client information at your fingertips. This is exactly what you get with PocketSuite. You can be paid on the spot after booking with their credit card scan, or you can get your invoices paid in 24 hours or less, which is a heck of a lot faster than waiting 30 days. Remember, time is still money. You should have to be in your office to get work done, whether on the road, on site with a client, at home or on vacation, you should be able to access your client information, get booked and get paid from anywhere. Just for listeners, PocketSuite is offering two weeks of PocketSuite's premium version free. To claim your extra free trial week, just text them at 415-841-2300 with a special promo code, two weeks free POTG. I'm really excited to introduce Caitlin Pierce, Executive Director of Freelancers Union. The Freelancers Union has over 450,000 members, amazing benefits and resources, and they are an incredible, powerful advocate for the freelancing community. Caitlin, so grateful to have you today. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Caitlin, can you tell us what is the Freelancers Union and why was it created? Freelancers Union is a uh, national nonprofit organization that was created to advocate on behalf of the independent workforce. Um, we were founded in 1995, um, which was sort of a long time ago in comparison to how rapidly this conversation has evolved around freelancers really being a third of the workforce. You know, it's interesting. I'm really fascinated by your business model. You, you say you're a nonprofit organization, but I'm actually really encouraged that you're also identifying and solving some real business problems for freelancers, namely the, the issue of how to get access to insurance. 
Absolutely. Um, and that's really one of the ways that we've grown as an organization is that what, you know, the ethos is really to bring together independent workers, you know, who are out in the marketplace as individuals who have to put together their insurance and figure out what they need. And our organization helps freelancers figure out how to evaluate what types of insurance they need, whether it be health, dental, liability, disability. And then we offer um, plans, a curated set of plans to freelancers, including several group plans, which we administer ourselves. You know, it's funny, earlier in the show, Barry and I were talking about some of the barriers to entry into becoming a freelancer. And really, health insurance is a huge one, and you're solving that problem. Health insurance is absolutely access to affordability and value when it comes to health insurance is a huge challenge to freelancers. Uh, We've solved it in different ways over the years, including actually running our own health insurance company in New York State. What we do now is we've developed partnerships uh, with a select group of different types of carriers and help freelancers really evaluate what is the best value um, for them in picking a plan. Um, and how to access subsidies and and basically how to structure benefits in a way that will be most beneficial to them. So just looking looking up and out for a moment, Caitlin, on just the broader market, you do a lot of research on the freelancing economy, and thank you for that. It really is it's powering a lot of the, the insight that many organizations that are working with freelancers have. So can you just talk to us a little bit about what the state of the freelancing economy is today in the U.S.? Absolutely. So we've been um, commissioning jointly in partnership with Upwork a study for the past five years. We're about to come out with our sixth annual study called Freelancing America. And what we really found was that freelancers don't have, um, there's not a lot of good data surrounding the growth of this sector. Um, So we really set out to look at the problem ourselves. And we found that Over a third of the workforce was freelancing. In the five years that we had done this research, the freelance economy had grown 7%. And we really look at a broad range of freelance work. So that could be people who are primarily earning income as freelancers and even people that are doing it as a side business or on top of full-time work, which is how many freelancers get their start. Um, So what we've really seen is sustained growth And really a maturation of the freelance sector as more and more people are turning to it as their primary source of income. So what do you say to folks that that ask the question, can people really make a good living as a freelancer? It's a complicated question because, you know, as an advocate, we're really here to highlight a lot of the challenges behind freelancing, namely the fact that, you know, there really aren't great Um, protections in the same way that you would have as an employee. And that's a huge problem for freelancers when it comes to issues like non-payment, like being able to have a a safe work environment, access to things like unemployment insurance and a whole safety net. And so those are really huge challenges that freelancers face. 
despite that, we see more and more people that are turning to freelance work, um, including those who, who make the decision to leave full-time jobs in order to freelance and are able to earn more income that way. And I think that that just speaks to really changes that are happening in the job market, that era of working for the same company for 40 years and having that full-time job with benefits really dissipating and people trying to think about new strategies for work. So we see a lot of people that are able to put together um, freelance income around professional skills who are really able to do a lot better as freelancers and across the board enjoy it a lot more. Right. So can you help me with this? Because I've always struggled. What is the difference between a small business and a freelancer? Are we are we reclassifying the, the term small business or is this truly a, a separate category? I mean, it's an increasingly fluid distinction. You know, we see a lot, many, many, there's this growth of micro businesses that are more and more uh, businesses of one. Um, we see some freelancers that are really structuring their business as a small business, um, and a lot of that has to do with how they're structuring their income. And then we have a lot of freelancers who are sole proprietors um, who are, you know, regardless of how they're earning income, we all we always teach our members um, to treat their work like it is a small business and think about some of the things that small businesses do in terms of profitability, in terms of investing your time, in terms of investing um, your profits back into your business um, and, and so forth. Got it. That's really helpful. Can you, and this may be an unfair question, but it, it's one that I know our listeners are, are curious to hear about. Can you share what at the top, what are the top paid freelancing categories or, and what are the fastest growing freelancing jobs? That is a great question. Um, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a uh, top of mind for our members too. You know, we really see freelancing growing across the board um, in sectors ranging from, you know, technology. A lot of times when you think about freelancing, you think about writers, um, creative workers, those in media and entertainment. We also see freelancings really growing across fields like healthcare, um, technology, uh, education, really across the board. Um, and I think that those who are earning the most income are those who are able to move from doing service-based work or selling an hourly rate for their work um, to really thinking about how they're providing different services for businesses in a more strategic way. Um, so we see freelancers that are earning more income um, selling their work on project rates, thinking about how they're really, you know, rather than doing copywriting, they're, they're helping businesses rebrand. They're helping solve business problems for their clients. And those are sort of the ways we help our members think about how to how to earn more um, with with the skills um, that they already have. Interesting. You know, we're always talking to on Pocket Suite. We're always talking to our our users about you know productizing what they offer so that they're moving away from just the hourly based appointment based work. And it sounds like this is similar to some of the advice that you're giving to your members that they really need to move into a strategic role and relationship with their clients. 
Absolutely. And have a couple of different ways that they are um, monetizing uh, what they're doing, whether it be through coaching or selling their expertise to different stakeholders. Um, we see a lot of our really successful freelancers are working across industries, even as they've thought about what are the opportunities out there. So I was blown away when I heard that you had 450,000 members. That's amazing. And and yet I think about the freelancing community of 60 million and say, wow, there's still a lot more, you know, to, to go. Can you share a little bit about, you know, sort of why somebody would want to belong to the freelancers union? So we find that many freelancers are part of industry level associations or regional business associations within their area because it ties back to their specific profession, whether they're an esthetician or a fitness trainer or a dog trainer. But what's the benefit of belonging to the freelancers union in addition to some of these other associations? So Freelancers Union is the largest and fastest growing advocate for independent workers, and we represent freelancers across all industries. Um, joining Freelancers Union is free, which is always a great reason to join. <laughs> um, and as a member, what we do is we're really trying to build a movement and a robust community of freelancers. And by joining us, you get to access all kinds of resources relating to your freelance business specifically. So gaining resources on things like how to have a good contract, how to market your work, um, as well as all of our insurance offerings. We've worked really hard to negotiate discounts on behalf of our members. But I think some of the most meaningful things that we've been able to do are really try to advocate on behalf of the needs of freelance workers, I think, who often are left out of policy conversations. So we really have advocated in the space of more affordable health care, non-payment, access to family leave and different other programs that freelancers really need to support their work life. So I'm curious about two things. One is, do, does your advocacy extend to folks like Uber drivers? Are they considered freelancers? And, and kind of what's your current position on, on the work they're doing and, and the support that they need? Absolutely. So we have many drivers among our membership. Um, you know, freelancers' approach is to really focus on freelance work issues. And so we haven't really done anything that's sector specific for drivers, but the way that we would serve drivers is similarly to all of our members, which is to try to get them better access to benefits and support. Um, and, you know, when it comes to drivers, we see a lot of um, of drivers in our membership who are graphic designers and drivers or who are kind of putting together a bunch of different income sources. And so one of the things we try to do is, is help our members really think towards how to increase their income and revenue across the board. You know, it's funny you say that. I, I, I have a, a keen appreciation. Anytime I'm in an Uber or Lyft, I connect with the driver and it's always the case that they have multiple jobs that they're working and usually a creative job in addition to, to driving to really supplement income. And, and that's, it's really powerful to know that the freelancers union is sort of providing kind of that overlay advocacy for folks that have, you know, their hands in a number of different pots. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really not uncommon among our members. And I think just really thinking about those issues around, you know, how to make sure that freelancers have those basic workplace rights and protections that employees do is a, are really important stepping stones and foundations to getting there. 
So for folks who are listening in, whether they are freelancers or simply consumers that are interested in this topic, what um, what's one issue that you would encourage you know us all to get educated about and, and to get engaged in to, to really support the advocacy work you're doing in this area? Well, one of the biggest challenges we found that freelancers are facing is actually, believe it or not, getting paid for the work that they've done. Um, so we found that non-payment and a late payment is a really common problem among freelancers, that 70% of freelancers deal with this problem, that they actually lose $6,000 a year as a result. And, wow. um Right. It's, it's, you know, and if you can imagine, it's, it's so demoralizing to do work and then not to be paid for it. And it really comes down to that imbalance of not having workplace standards in place to make sure you're getting paid on time. So Freelancers Union recently passed a policy in New York City called the Freelancers and Free Act to make sure that all freelancers who are doing work in the city um, had to have a contract and would be getting paid within 30 days or they face a whole um, companies that violate that face a whole host of new penalties. And we're really eager to get that law passed in other states and cities um, to protect freelancers more widely um, because um, dealing with unpredictability and in income is already such a big challenge as a freelancer. And if you're waiting 60 or 90 days to get paid, it becomes all the worse. So I'd say that that's a really huge challenge that we see across the board that we're, we're actively organizing around. I think this is a very important point, Caitlin, because I think we also need to teach freelancers that they need to also get paid up front when possible and practice those types of things that it really takes to be successful in business and not always wait 30 days if you don't have to. Absolutely. That's a big part of some of the resources that we offer are around coaching freelancers about how to negotiate a deposit in your contract or milestones for payments. You're not doing, you know, thousands of dollars worth of work and then submitting an invoice in the end and hoping the client pays on time. And there's a lot of steps that freelancers can take to protect themselves, too. As my friend who's a collection attorney always says, is that the transaction's not over until the check clears the bank. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I do think I do think Upwork does a really good job here where they really support freelancers in ensuring their clients are setting milestones and then they escrow those funds so that they're, you know, so that the client can't hold back funds once that work has been submitted. Absolutely. That's a huge benefit of working with um, online jobs platforms is a lot of them are devising really great systems to make sure that you're getting paid right away for the work you do. Actually, Uber and Lyft among them. Um, And uh, we see our members working on those platforms when they realize rent's due in two weeks and they're still waiting on checks from clients. Um, We actually partner with a bank called Joust Bank that performs a similar service where you can run your invoices through their banking platform and get paid on time for them, um, which is a unique thing to freelancers union members in terms of how the partnership works. Caitlin, the, the last question I wanted to ask you was, what kind of confusion or was there confusion with the most recent tax law changes among freelancers? There's been, you know, I think that there's, is the question around the, the impact that it's had? Yes. 
I think that, you know, we're still seeing a lot of change, a lot of confusion around some of those impacts. I think that, you know, some of them are around the restrictions around what freelancers are actually able to deduct now as business expenses and how freelancers should be structuring their business in order whether or not they could be taking advantage of those pass-through business deductions. Um, without being able to give anyone broad advice, I think those what we're seeing is a lot of our members are reevaluating their business structure to see what's going to be most advantageous to them. And I'd suggest that all full-time freelancers really take a look at that under the new tax laws because, you know, depending on what state you're in, um, we, we see different, different things working out better for different segments of our membership. Well, Caitlin, I really appreciate you being on the show. This is such an important topic, and now it's affecting one out of three Americans. Where can people learn more about the Freelancers Union and join for free? You can go to freelancersunion.org and join for free today. And, um, yeah, access all of our resources are available through our website. Caitlin, thanks for being on the show. And I want to thank everyone for joining this week's Professional on the Go podcast. If you want more information about how you can run your business on a smartphone, go to www.pocketsuite.io. That's P-O-C-K-E-T-S-U-I-T-E.io. Look for us next time. We talk about why Americans are spending $70 billion, that's with a B, $70 billion a year on their pets and how dog trainers are at the center of the pet care market. Remember, your time is money. Being your own boss is not a job. It's a lifestyle. Ready, set, go.